Welcome back to Pulp Friction. It's a show about what divides us. My name is Rocky. Sam's name is Sam. And together we are the Disgusting Brothers. <laughs> Disgusting Brothers on motherfucking tour. <laughs> They're on motherfucking tour. We Okay. <laughs> we could start by talking about <laughs> the Disgusting Brothers because I have thoughts on the name. Um... <laughs> I think it might be one of my new favorite lines in the entire show. It's really good. Um, the, the Let's just get right into it. We're talking about <laughs> the new episode of Succession, season four, episode one. Our our first Succession recap is still like one of our three most popular episodes ever. So oh like, obviously we're going to do it again. And um, there's this is a juicy episode. There's less to talk about. It's, it's, a, it's a tasty episode, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to begin with the Disgusting Brothers, um, it's an interesting thing because, like, at first you're like, the, you know, this is just a classic Greg thing to, like, you know, come up to, <laughs> to Tom and be like the Disgusting Brothers. And then and then Tom, you know, sort of, sort of shrugs it off and goes, it was heavily ironized, which makes me think that Tom came up with it <laughs> and it just and it just got out of control. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> Later in the episode, Shiv says, I hear you and Greg are calling yourselves the Disgusting Brothers. And Tom says, we grab a drink sometime. (laughs) I want to know so bad who told Shiv. Like, I want to know if, you know, like, Jerry overheard it or if, like, Greg was like, Shiv, you won't believe what we're doing. (laughs) Part of me wants to think that it's, like, gossip. Like, it's a pussy posse kind of thing. Mm -hmm. That, like, you know, someone was interviewing Tom, and he kind of threw that out in an ironic way, and then it caught on, and Greg was really into it. (laughs) (laughs) Greg is so into it. It's, like, kind of gross. Yeah? (laughs) He's never gonna stop. It's gonna be, you know, he'll give, like, the speech at Tom's wake, and he'll be like... Where once there was a disgusting pair, there's now only one disgusting brother or something like that. <laughs> so, um, where we left off mm-hmm. before we b- before this episode began, um, the the kids Ken, Shiv, and Roman had finally ganged up on Logan, and they almost had him. <laughs> they almost had him. They were uh, they were uh, apparently sabotaged by uh, by our, our buddy Tom and and Logan, you know, closed a deal with uh, with Alexander Skarsgård with um, with Gojo to sell Waystar in its entirety. And um, th- this episode picks up a couple of months later um we start at logan's birthday party which i liked how it was like the same setting as like the beginning of the first episode yeah very full circle yeah and um you know logan's not having much fun there's a bunch of sort of a lot of people we don't know (laughs) at the party (laughs) just sort of just sort of milling about uh and greg has brought a date (laughs) greg's did you ever watch how i met your mother yeah 
Do you remember the the joke they do where they go through the photo album with all of I think it's Ted's random girlfriends and the whole thing is who's this bitch? Mm-hmm. And they go through all their family photos and that was my first thought when Greg brought a girlfriend is, you know, this is going to be the who's this bitch of Logan's <laughs> like press release for this birthday party. Yeah, that's basically instantly what Logan <laughs> says. Yep. And um this is Bridget uh the it's such a funny way to dump comfrey first of all (laughs) (laughs) yeah just like neatly write dasha out don't even worry about her yeah just you know some other girl with blue eyes who talks weird just just kind of showing (laughs) up that like we can forget about it some other girl with blue eyes who talks weird is such a beautiful way to describe her Something in the uh, opening credits that I noticed on the second watch was the um, there was an ATN news thing. I, I I don't know if this has been done before, but it said deep state blunder classified ducks displayed on NBA jumbotron. That that was a new one. The watch party I was at, we specifically went through the intro frame by frame to figure out what were the new, <laughs> the new parts of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, were there any new um, like people cast members in the intro who weren't there before? Not that. I noticed, but it's also possible that I missed it. Um, I I think it was like most of the same footage of the kids and it didn't seem like there was a crazy amount of footage of like new scenes, um, Mm -hmm. you know? We have that. We're introduced to Greg's uh, new girlfriend and we cut to the kids Mm -hmm. who are preparing to launch their new venture, The Hundred. The hundred is such a beautiful fake business. Like, it's yeah. just, it's so incredible how bullshit it is. <laughs> yeah, and it's sort of the perfect, like, I don't know, there's, there's so much to love about it as, like, something that, like, you know, people like these would see as, like, something to fill, like, a void from Twitter, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that why you tweeted today? Are there any sites where you can get like live political updates on like Twitter? That's basically that's the thing because like I know where I can get everything else that I get on Twitter, mm-hmm. and that's the one thing that I'm like, where am I gonna do that? Because <laughs> I don't know. I feel like everywhere else is not so is not live like that. Yeah, it's usually a sort of delayed reaction, or it's at least. Even if it is real time, it's dispersed so much that it doesn't actually become real time, if that makes sense. Yeah, but there's the hundred. And one of the things I love about the hundred is how like earnestly invested in it Roman is. <laughs> he has so many thoughts and so many opinions about the hundred. And he's, you know, brought all of his toys out to the living room and none of his siblings want to play with him. And he's so upset <laughs> about it. It feels like it's pretty rare that we, you know, because usually I feel like the character, and this is still present here, the characterization of Roman is that, like, he knows business. He's a little more savvy than the others. He's a little more real world. But... <laughs> this is sort of a perfect thing for him to be like really into that <laughs> 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 a great moment for that to happen it's described as um substack meets masterclass meets the economist <laughs> meets the new yorker <laughs> it's so bullshit like <laughs> what the, the little masterclass like being added in there i thought that was one of the funniest parts of the episode so they're looking at um graphic designs 
you know, potential branding for the hundred and they don't like any of it. And, um, they're, they're, they're a little suspicious of Shiv because Shiv's like keeping her options open. She's talking about like getting back into politics and how, like, there's a point later in the episode where she's like, Ken could go shoot up a seven 11 and, and Roman could get his dick stuck in an AI jerk machine you know obviously this the sort of novelty that we're looking at in this season is like the three of them together yeah and i feel like yeah, we can get into this as the episode goes on but one of the things that i see coming back repeatedly is that as we kind of hear in like stories about their childhood shiv and ken end up kind of bullying roman without realizing it yeah and that came up so much in this episode. I feel like, you know, where Roman was really trying to stand his ground on his little business. Um, and they were walking over him so much. I-, I feel like one other thing is like, you know, I was like going through my Twitter bookmarks looking for succession fan cams the other day. And I found a bunch from like the start of season three where everyone was like, oh my God, Greg and Kendall have teamed up. This is going to be like the central part of season three, you know? And that got thrown out, like, two episodes in. And so I'm, like, very curious if they're actually going to remain as a sibling unit or if it's going to get upset pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like I feel like this is what Roman was afraid of, too, is that as soon as they get back into the game, there's something to drive a wedge between them. Yeah. Because he really clearly, like, doesn't want to fight with Logan at this point. And... You know, the, the 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 others still have their, like, petty grievances. I mean, the whole reason, the whole action of this episode is basically just because Tom and Naomi Pierce went out together. <laughs> Which, I think it's so fucking funny watching, like, Kendall and Shiv get incredibly jealous and neither of them wants to admit that they're really jealous over what was absolutely in no way a romantic outing. Like, Tom right. and Naomi is a crazy <laughs> pairing. Couldn't be. Kendall also keeps calling Naomi Nene. Just want to point that out. <laughs> yeah, it is really funny to see, like, you know, Shiv gets the call and is, like, clearly torn up about it. And they sort of stall the investors. And then the conversation quickly becomes, you know, is Pierce in play? But, like, Ken gets into it also, like, trying to figure out what's going on with Naomi. They Like, that. that is clearly sort of why both of them are upset and the thing that like and you know Shiv sort of casually throws out the idea that you know Logan set them up to torture them which I don't think is true mm-hmm. but as, as that that little thing gets them back into the the mind games with Logan even if that's not what Logan intended yeah they essentially work themselves into thinking that Logan has, like, manipulated them. Like, they manipulate themselves in a really funny way in this episode. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but, like, it's just, you know, Logan has done absolutely fuck all. Like, he's off at Peepaw's worst worst birthday party ever. And they're, like, so worried. Like, oh, my God, he's been pulling all of these strings. You know, he must be, like, paying attention to what we're saying and stuff. And it's, like, (laughs) he's just eating dinner with his bodyguard and he's really sad about it. Yeah, and we see how they sort of... I mean, we were kind of already talking about this, but how they kind of manipulate each other too. Like how, you know, Shiv mentions that she's keeping her options open and and Ken immediately starts talking about how he's done heroin. (laughs) I think he calls it horse in the episode. He he says he he smoked horse, yeah. Smoked horse, he's so funny for that. 
drug use is not funny, but it is funny when Kendall does it. It's true. <laughs> yeah, the uh, Logan calls the the party goers the monsters. That's the title of the episode. Can't feign enthusiasm while they sing him happy birthday. It's really <laughs> funny to to just sort of watch him like you know frustratedly meandering around his apartment like Mm -hmm. and there's there's clearly nothing to and we'll get into what he does latch on to later but there's like nothing going on for him to like he can't he can't play games with anyone so he's just sort of like you know pissed off walking around the place and like not engaging with anyone he like basically doesn't sit down the whole party either like he's like so restless and like barely talks to anyone like you're saying it's just it's a really fascinating kind of like caged animal energy almost we return to greg's uh girlfriend or greg's short-lived girlfriend who i feel like we could we could just kind of um get into now because um carrie uh accosts him <laughs> and uh you know her name is bridget and um uh is she from the apps greg and greg says i really like her i might have fallen for her <laughs> <laughs> is it tom who's like what's her last name or is it uh carrie that's carrie that? yeah yeah bridget random fuck um but like I feel like that is, it's such a quintessential Greg thing. And I've seen some, I know some Greg heads who are like, don't like Greg's characterization so far in, in this episode. <laughs> but like, it's it's so classic for him to be like, bringing, you know, some some random fuck who, <laughs> who, he, who he like knows he's not going to see again to like a totally inappropriate place and being like, but I, I might have fallen for her. <laughs> so earnest about it too like <laughs> yeah it, it was i i saw i think elsie fisher was tweeting about how like this isn't my greg and it's like yeah. this, this is my greg it's just that he's finally figured out what pussy is and he doesn't know what to do with it <laughs> yeah shout out to elsie uh and then carrie also says this isn't a fucking shake shack greg. <laughs> I, I wish she had said, like, this isn't a California pizza kitchen. Like, the callback would have just been so... Mwah. Like, I just feel like Greg sued Greenpeace. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the, I feel like the whole thing with Greg is that he is able to convince himself that he's doing the right thing, <laughs> no matter mm-hmm. what's going on. Yeah, he's very... Um, I would not call him a confident man, but he is mm-hmm. able to convince himself. Yeah. <laughs> If no one else believes him, he does. That's I, I like that you put if as if that's not every single day <laughs> of his life. Yeah, and I also like how Greg, you know, sort of stands his ground and is like, he's 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 a cousin. He should have a plus one. He's an honorary kid. Um, the exchange where he's like, Marsha once said, "I'm always welcome," and Carrie says, "Marsha's not here. She's in Milan shopping forever." It's oh, a great line delivery on that. I feel like. The thing with a lot of shows like this is when, you know, someone who, because Carrie, like, has very few actual lines in season three, I feel like. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely a little worried. I was like, oh, is she going to be able to carry, kind of, carry, carry? Um, You know, is she going to be able to handle being promoted to a real character? But she does those, so many good bits that she has in this episode. Yeah, I feel like she's uh, really crushing it <laughs> so far. Just as, like, the... um. Every like like Logan's whole inner circle is kind of just trying to like 
mediate like like moderate what he's saying and carrie is the one who will like deliver his anger in a digestible way yeah yeah it's it's she's like definitely i think able to digest him a lot but she can't you know marcia was so good at managing him mm-hmm. especially you know she obviously lost that power towards the end of their marriage but like even like for so much of like season one and season two, you know, Marsha was just kind of steering him and like, like not just mediating, but like actually kind of pulling him around. Yeah, he, she had um, an angle in a way that I think Carrie can't because of the power dynamic there. Yeah, because also like Carrie doesn't even have like an official title for whatever she is to him anymore. You know, I think like she introduces herself as like, friend slash advisor slash like confidant or something which Mm -hmm. immediately it was like the fucking video you know it's like i'm mr sterling everything i'm his best friend his confidant his silly rabbit like that's what that (laughs) reminded me of so much his right hand arm man yeah (laughs) right how could i forget his right hand arm man So we cut back to the hundred. They are about to give the pitch. They're talking about how they have the hundred top experts in every major field, uh, the high calorie info snacks. And uh, just then Shiv gets a call from Tom where we left off with, with Shiv and Tom is in like the very final moment of that last episode, that incredible um, uh, ending and just the sort of silent, like, emotion at play there and now a few months have passed and they are uh undergoing a trial separation the most the most separated trial separation imaginable <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like he's like i check i checked the calendar and it says you'll be in town tonight and then they just don't <laughs> like they don't go any further than that it's just like it's <laughs> just like yeah yep i will be I, I it made me so happy that they still share a Google Calendar. Like that was mm-hmm. so beautiful to me. Uh, and and Tom calls Shiv to tell her that he has been had he went out with Naomi Pierce. Mm-hmm. And um, Shiv uh, is not happy to hear it, <laughs> and um, goes into this whole thing about like, are you asking me or are you informing me? Uh you know, like, don't tell me if it's already happened. And the quote I have is, uh, hey, Shiv, do you mind? Uh, Naomi and I are at the Pierre and I'm inside her. Would you mind if I ejaculate? <laughs> it, it was so funny seeing Shiv, like, actually thrown off. Mm-hmm. You know, like, not that that hasn't happened in her relationship with Tom, but especially around, like, sexual dynamics, you know, she would shut him down so fast that it was actually kind of, I think this is, like, the first time we've seen her, like, very unsettled and jealous, you know? But it's interesting because there's there's an element of that and there's an element of, like, you know, Tom kind of half-heartedly trying to do his due diligence. But there's also, like, last season we saw a lot of Tom half-wittingly being sort of a, a double agent between the two, sort of like, relaying information from one team to the other. Mm-hmm. And in a way, although I I think he regrets it at the end of the day, this does feel like him sort of tipping the hat a little bit towards Logan is after Pierce. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it definitely, there's no smart reason for him to have called Shiv, you know? Mm-hmm. 
and then like at the end of the call, Shiv is like, "Why were you meeting with Naomi Pierce?" And then Tom hangs up. Mm-hmm. But uh, Shiv, like I said, is is torn up, and the and the brothers are like, "Let's let's give us a couple minutes with her." And um, as the buyers are right outside. And then uh, this is something that I kind of picked up on, but not really the first time and had to go back for it. Uh, they, they're trying to figure out what's going on. And Ken sees that Bun Pierce was tagged and on <laughs> some girl's Insta at mm-hmm. Logan's party. So mm-hmm. that's the thing is like later on in the episode, the 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 advisors and Logan are kind of like, well, you know, who spilled the beans? And Tom feels guilty for it, but it's it's Tom and Greg. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's both of the both of the disgusting brothers. Um, how to yeah. handle this? <laughs> and I feel like th- it would be. There's a question of you know is Bridget someone actually, <laughs> and 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 we'll find out you know. She's she's like from something as the as the as the season goes on, but it's also just sort of funny the <laughs> that sort of totally unrealized thing because as soon as as soon as they find out it's it's the kids, Tom is like oh fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, Greg never has any idea <laughs> that he's also responsible. <laughs> Greg's floating on a cloud, like he has no fucking clue. Yeah. He's trying to pull Logan aside to talk about how he fucked in his apartment. <laughs> I that's another great moment of self-manipulation. Um that I'm sure we'll talk about more, but God, Greg is the stupidest he's ever been in this episode. Yeah, pretty pretty classic stuff. Um they start to figure out that Logan is planning to buy Pierce to add to the ATN library just as he sells Waystar. And um and Telus, their finance guy, confirms that Pierce is in play. So like, you know, this is the moment that sort of upsets everything and we sort of come back to it, but like, you know, off of the tension of what are Tom and Naomi doing together? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, let's spend ten billion dollars on Pierce. Uh, and sort of setting up, or maybe not setting up, as you were saying, like like where the season is going to go. But speaking of where the season is going to go, we cut back to the party and find out uh, what Connor's been up to. <laughs> oh my god, Connor! Our old buddy Connor. Um, it's now October in the show because it's Logan's birthday, and mm-hmm. Connor is now an independent candidate. Uh, with 1% of the vote, he's keeping an eye on the polls during the party. Uh, we're like 10 days out from the election. Uh, and he's worried that his 1% could get squeezed. I, the first time I watched it, I didn't realize that this was like the general election. I think I still thought that this, you know, he was like in a primary of some sort. And I thought so too. It, and then I was like, wait, like months have passed. Yeah. And like realizing that he was going to spend if it was like a hundred million dollars to do a week of ads to try and get you know one percent to like over fifty percent of the American populace to vote for him <laughs> is so insane that he would even consider that. Yeah, it's it, it it's it's insane that he dug this hole for himself. Where like the primary happened, the the you know Republican nomination happened between seasons, but mm-hmm. he with like one has to assume a fairly small margin of the Republican vote was like, I'm going to hold this out. 
make it as a third party in the United States of America. <laughs> it's like, you know, the Tobias Funke line that's like, you know, everyone thinks it's going to work for them, but it might work for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and Connor's fear is that, like, he could, you know, become a laughing stock if, if his 1% gets squeezed. He needs to stay in the conversation. This is all being told to us in a conversation between Connor and Willa and uh, uh, Greg and Bridget, where, where Bridget is sort of asking all the questions. <laughs> he, yeah, like you're saying, he wants to spend another $100 million just to stay in the conversation mm-hmm. in these last 10 days of the election. And and Will is like, well, you'd still be rich. And he's like, yeah, minus $100 million. I, I want to know how much money Connor has, because we know that he was having pretty serious financial problems by the end of season two. Um, you know, because he had to ask Logan for money after Willa's play. I can't imagine he has more than a hundred million right now. Yeah, that's sort of what I figure is like the subtext is that like he sunk so much into the campaign that by the time it got to the RNC, he was like, "Well, I can't stop now." <laughs> Sunken cost fallacy. Last when we did the podcast for the premiere of season three, I think I told this story about how someone who was at the watch party as I was was like, you know, Connor's going to come out on top the end of this season. And it did look like Connor had a chance of coming out on top by the end of season three. You know, things were looking up for old con. Uh, mm-hmm. And it felt nice knowing that that's no longer the case. They, again, they, they sort of tossed the election up in the air. and kind of like, I guess it would be interesting if Connor like somehow did win the nomination and like, that's how the election, because, you know, the election has been very present in the show from episode one. Yeah. So I do think that, like, and it's 10 days away, I think it does have to be resolved um, before the end of the show. But the moments where it felt like, I, I feel like if Connor won or, or won something, not even just won the election, it would be, like, kind of kind of two on the nose, you know? there There's something very grounded in reality about Connor just just failing forward. I feel like my personal thing is I really don't want Connor to win because I think it opens the door to a much too lazy Trump parody. Yeah. And I think it's like a lot more interesting to have the Republican that had the weird homoerotic tension with Roman. Jared, yeah. Jared, yeah. Like, you know, I think there's Trumpy elements to him, but I don't think he's like so directly a parody in a way. And I think there's something more in line with Succession's usual thinking there. Yeah, and I think they, you know, hit the nail on the head in terms of like this show extending past Trump and then, you know, sort of building a a, a candidate who, you know, isn't just a, a facsimile for Trump. Like I think in the towards the end of Veep, which is great they started to be like, well, we have to turn Jonah into a Trump allegory. I think this show was a little wiser to be like, here's this sort of like, you know, the the, the kind of like uh, the edgy alt-right people who sort of make up the whole youth of the Republican Party mm-hmm. right now. And... Like, like, I think that is a much more it has much more staying power as a character than like someone who's Trump. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think it doesn't immediately date the show the yeah. way that like a Trump parody would. I, uh, 
I recently tried to watch season five of Arrested Development, which like literally cuts in Trump rally footage at various points. And I, I think I think they're going in a smarter direction by not having Connor kind of fall into that stereotype, that stereotype um, archetype. So Tom talks to Logan briefly <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, sort of congratulates him on a dumb, done deal. And is also like, in in his classic sort of roundabout way like so if me and shiv get divorced are we still good oh and the answer is no the answer is yeah no he says if we're good we're good which tom has never held logan's goodwill for more than like two consecutive weeks like it's true and it's like it's sort of the rhythm of this show is that every episode starts with someone very clearly on top and then immediately fucks up something so huge that it's just their (laughs) fall from grace for the entire rest of the season Mm -hmm. and tom fucking up the pierce deal is going to be exactly that yeah he's getting sent to doggy prison like exactly uh, gonna stay in that in that playpen that mondale's been in the entire show Someone pointed out the one time Mondale hasn't been in a cage in the entire show was when Shiv was staying home from work in season three because she was really upset. And so the only time Mondale has not been in his cage was when he was just hanging out with Shiv. Ken and Shiv want to buy Pierce. Roman doesn't. (laughs) Roman uh, likes the hundred is upset that he, you know, he feels his suspicions are confirmed that Shiv never actually liked the hundred. Mm hmm. Which they are. I mean, she she clearly did not actually like it. Mm-hmm. Ken is kind of trying to sell him on it, and uh, he has uh, he has the line about how he's the fearless fighter of the good fight. <laughs> your your classic Ken moment. We we got some pretty subdued Ken in this episode. It's clear that he's been like feeling good since mm-hmm. um you know going into it with with the uh, with the other siblings, but. Uh, we 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 get these these little reminders. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's it's in- interesting given that Ken was so on edge for like the entirety of season three. You know, it was like the running thing of like, oh my god, is he gonna kill himself this episode? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it was nice. Like it was nice seeing confident Kendall again. I missed him. Yeah, it's really fun to see like the way these three work together and against each other at the same time, and that is sort of why. I would like to see, like, it couldn't really happen. I mean, it depends. I don't know what the timeline of their season is, but, you know, I would like to see them, at least for a moment, trying to figure out running Pierce together. Uh, yeah, I I want them to succeed just so that we can, like, actually watch them interact more. Like, that's kind of my fear yeah. is they'll pull the rug out too fast. And so I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, and I mean, you know, part of Shiv's pitch to nan is talking about the election and the elections in 10 days so i i Mm. I do think there's going to be sort of a rush but of course logan is going to try to like get their buyers to pull out or whatever Mm -hmm. we'll see what happens there yeah i am i'm curious about the financing you know i'm sure we'll talk about that later but uh we cut back to um greg uh sneaking up on tom uh this is where we (laughs) we learn about the disgusting brothers for the first time Calls Tom the Disgustibus. Disgustibus, yeah. Best line in the episode, uh, Tom talking about Bridget's bag. Oh my god. This is the gayest thing Tom has ever said. Like, (laughs) it's, you know, 
talking about Bridget's bag and then directly below that, would you kiss me if I asked you to? And then <laughs> swallowing his own cum. Like, it is so absurd that he goes on this whole rant. Right, I'd castrate and marry you in a heartbeat isn't even top three. <laughs> No, that's a normal work day for him. The, he says, uh, what's even in there? Hot, flat shoes for the subway. <laughs> oh my god, the working great. girls reference. <laughs> Her lunch pail. Like, <laughs> oh. Great stuff. And apparently they like, um, they, you know, talk to someone in, in fashion about like, what what the like worst bag to, to bring to this event would be. <laughs> It's, it's really funny. Like, it, it's such a perfect detail for, for her to just be there with like a very fancy bag, but like a, way too big. It was, it's one of those great things about Succession where I never on earth would have noticed her handbag if they did not point it out. And suddenly it was like the only thing I could pay attention to it's anytime so she was big. <laughs> And then we get the uh, this the second half of the uh, the reveal, which is Tom mentioning that Bridget is posting on social media <laughs> and asking people personal questions, as we saw with uh, with Connor. And then Bridget runs up and is like, <laughs> "I should go," because <laughs> because she asked Logan for a selfie. <laughs> she says that with such a confidence, you know, like yeah, I asked him for a selfie and he like was not interested. And it's like, girl, this man is a hundred years old, first off, and like yeah. not that kind of celebrity. She said, Congrats on the big deal. Kerching, am I right? <laughs> the thing is, I think she's low-key perfect for Greg, because Greg would do did the exact same thing. Literally. Like <laughs> We'll see how that character, if that if that character is just a bit, or if or if she comes back. But I feel like what's more likely is we're just going to see sort of an endless parade of Greg girlfriends throughout the season. <laughs> I need just like complete bar trash to be showing up. Um, just real, real duds. That's what I yeah, want. Different, Greg. just like different cameos every episode. <laughs> we return to the kids. Nan is ironing out the deal with a preferred bidder, but is willing to speak to Shiv, and Shiv gets this great moment of confidence, like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get this done. Um we we've seen Shiv fail so spectacularly in so many ways in in, in <laughs> recent years. It's nice to see her um in a in a state of confidence as well. They 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 all three of them get, get those moments in this episode. Yeah, it's nice. Logan, meanwhile, bored out of his gourd, uh, asking about why there isn't a cardinal there. He's having the worst birthday. <laughs> He's like, there's no churchman here. Jared's not here. Jared's not here. No one's here. And so Logan um, walks out of his own birthday. But he takes a stroll with uh, Colin. Is that his name? Colin, yeah. Colin, who's who's most known for covering up various crimes. I think clearly what we're seeing here is like Logan, the 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 pyrrhic victory for Logan at the end of the season because he was like, you know, riding really high <laughs> at the end of the last episode, mm-hmm. and um, obviously he just sold his company 
the the thing he was fighting for the whole time <laughs> and like alien and like fully cut off his kids who are now working together and he can't pin them against each other like he's lost all joy and you know uh the, he lost all his all his all his toys all his stuff yeah there's like a great line later in the episode where he really pathetically says can someone please tell a joke you know yeah. i miss when it was funny we'll get to that yeah he says um nobody tells jokes anymore do they carl you got any jokes <laughs> you got any jokes carl famously funny carl i will get to that there's a part where the when tom shows up there's just like some i, I think it's ray who's been like mentioned in passing otherwise in the show but it's just like some random fuck who's like kind of just talking at logan and he's just like even to see tom just for a second he's like thank god <laughs> He has such hope in his eyes, which he's never, ever had that hope towards Tom. No yeah. one has had that hope towards Tom. So, so Shiv on the phone with Nan. I love, I, I love Nan's whole deal in this episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just like, you know, she confirms that it's Logan. She says she's not seeking other buyers, but also how soon can you get there? And then when she's there and she's, you know, and she's like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't want to be in the middle of a bidding war. It's 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 so perfect. I don't understand finances at all. I think Nan Pierce is like one of my favorite side characters in this show because she's so full of shit, you know, the way they all are, but like she has such a funny way of pretending. Like I forget what she says to Shiv when they first come in, but it's just like, you know, I think she's talking about like the dining room or something and completely deflecting until Shiv is like uh, what about eight million or eight billion? You know, she's like, oh, do you want to come in for tea? Yeah, it's like um, she she sits them down and she's like, well, I already have an offer, so I think you guys wasted your time coming here. And then Roman is like, cool, well, it's good to see you. And then she starts talking again, and she's <laughs> like, you're wasting your time, but she won't let them leave. <laughs> yeah, I I do love that so much because I the fact that Roman just immediately is like okay I'm done bye is like yeah let's do the hundred <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and Roman going back to this the, this scene where they're figuring out if they're gonna go for it is like you want to fuck Dad you want to fuck Tom I'm the only one who wants to set up a business mm-hmm. Shiv has never before been accused of wanting to fuck Tom so bad that it ruins <laughs> her business plans yeah but also um. Roman's like I'm the only one who wants to set up a business and doesn't want to fuck anyone which is quite telling <laughs> the uh, the watch party I was at um, when that happened everyone immediately simultaneously started quoting the asexual Nicki Minaj Tumblr post uh, I never fucked I never fucked all my life in fuck's sake <laughs> asexual Roman Roy would be a crazy <laughs> crazy plot line I think it's it that kind of basically is <laughs> like, like like it kind of sort of is what what's happening with him where like he he has kinks but he like can't fuck anyone <laughs> you know mm-hmm. except for Jared uh we, you know we don't know what happened there but we'll see here's the thing Succession has had so little sex period but there's at least been like hints of sex. For a prestige HBO television program, there has not been any gay sex in this TV show, and it feels like they have to do it contractually, like just the way television works at this point, and I don't know who it's going to be, 
but my money is on Roman having some sort of homosexual experience. Maybe Tom, who's to say? But I, this is what I'm speaking into the universe. I want this. Yeah, I think the the thing that's most likely to literally happen is like uh, Roman and Jared or Alexander Skarsgård or, y- y- you know, Roman and someone. Yeah. Roman and the Skarsgård would be crazy. Um, yeah. And 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 Shiv is like, you know, it's it, it, it's not about Logan, but if it hurts him, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> and, uh, and and Ken is like putting aside all the, you know, internecine family dynamics. How fucking funny would it be if we if, if we screwed him out of when he's been you know his crown jewel? It's a uh, I do love Kendall just being like we gotta commit to the bit guys you know that's yeah. what's really important right now. Yeah, and that that seems to be what sells Roman because I think he's a commit to the bit kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Roman does love a goof and he loves a gag. He loves a gag, as does Logan, as we find out. Logan and Colin uh, eat at a diner of some sort kind of a medium restaurant and uh mm-hmm. logan just sort of starts to wax poetic about um well first he's like uh i like you colin you're my pal oh my god dude <laughs> <laughs> colin has no response like he just nods his head silently i'm happy to hear that sir and then logan starts talking about you know what are people and like markets we sort of get like a, a pretty bare encapsulation of like logan's idea of humanity and also the afterlife and um his his sort of nihilistic uh outlook i think he knows that he's gonna die relatively soon and um is 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 sort of assessing things like i'm about to sell what i built and i'll just die on a pile of money i do not think Logan is making it out of this show. Like, I, I think he dies some point this season, and I don't know that that's going to be the last episode. Yeah, I sort of feel the same way. I think um, the show is called Succession. It has to answer the succession question, and it's clear at this point that that doesn't happen without Logan dying. Yeah. Um, but but I also had the thought of, like, Logan could die, and then there could be five more episodes. Yeah, this is the thing. Is like, I, I kind of think he's going to die before the show ends. Partly just because I think it doesn't really... Well, I guess there's two ways. I think either he's going to die before the show ends and there's going to be a couple episodes kind of dealing with this fallout, because that is going to be a fallout. Or very last shot of the show is going to be him dying and it's still completely up in the air. You know, we have like no idea who's going to take over. Yeah, I could see that. But I kind of... It could also just be like, you know... He dies in episode nine, and then episode ten is sort of like, you know, the 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 like what now of it, sort of like the um the I mean, sort of like the end of it. But like, there's a couple <laughs> ways it could go. I I do kind of feel like it's an interesting question of like how the the, the actual what the actual ending is going to be. The fact that the election is in ten days feels like mm. it, it could be a a key thing there. And again, that's been a, a recurring thing from the very beginning, but. Yeah, I am sort of of the mind that, like, if I had to guess, Logan is going to die in the middle of this season. Yeah. It's just with the way Succession tends to write things, that's kind of how I feel. Like, I I think, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like a lot of big shows that everyone's watching, you know, like Veep or like Game of Thrones or something like that. I think 
there's kind of a traditional idea of like, okay, the big thing we've all been waiting for happens in the second to last episode. And then we kind of do the denouement, you know, in the final episode. And it just like that feels, I don't know. I don't want to like give the succession writers too much credit, but that feels out of line for how they usually write things to have it kind of wrap up that way. Like, I think, I think it's however it's placed, it's going to be slightly off, you know? Yeah, I agree. And I think the um the way the cast has been talking about the season, like it leaves a lot of room that like it leaves a lot of room for there to be more story down the road. I feel like if it literally ended with Logan dies and we find out who's the successor, that would be kind of like not that much road. Yeah. Exactly. So um Carrie calls the siblings about a call and they say he has to call first. Carl can't get a hold of Logan, but then Carrie calls and he seems to immediately pick up. I think he's got Carl's number specifically blocked. <laughs> That's like my yeah. head cannon. And then we go back to the party where Connor um, comes to Willa with an idea about uh, moving up their wedding. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, Connor was sort of the only, I mean, there were other characters, but, you know, Connor was the one who, like, could have had a, a whole subplot in this episode and ended up being more in the background. But like the proposal happened, you know, towards the end of the last season and the idea of like everything sort of coming to a head with like my only shot is to turn his and Willa's wedding into a media circus. He basically wants to cook up the worst wedding in the world. It's what does he say? It's like, at the foot of the Statue of Liberty with, like, wrestlers and, like, a cockfight and, like, firecrackers. Is that what it is? Yeah, with a brass band and uh, bum fights <laughs> and uh, sumo wrestling, I think, might have been mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> like Willa has such a good response where she's just like, you know, I always wanted my wedding to be nice. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't even say like I wanted it to be good or like beautiful. She's just I'd prefer it to be nice, you know. Yeah, and I believe the third episode this season is called Connor's Wedding. So oh <laughs> we we know how that's turning out. I'm, I need to see his wedding so bad. So Greg comes to Tom all smiley. The disgusting brothers are on motherfucking tour. Uh, <laughs> on motherfucking tour. Motherfucking tour. <laughs> he does sing it. It's so important that he sings he, it. He, he sings the disgusting brothers every single time. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the disgusting brothers, it's the disgusting brothers. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Wasn't there a line in season three about the blowjob brothers? Like, is this just like a continuing thread? So Greg and Bridget hooked up. Uh <laughs> In in Logan's apartment, which Tom turns on his classic fucking with Greg mode, where he's like, oh, you're fucked. <laughs> Another classic, like, first episode bit of, like, mm-hmm. Tom being Tom being like, oh, it doesn't look good for you, but <laughs> I, I, I love when Tom fucks with Greg. It's the best part of my week. It's also, we can't <laughs> skip over how Greg refers to them having have, hooked up. I have the quote. I have the quote. <laughs> It, this is in a this is in a very close whisper. Their faces are almost touching. Yeah, we well we put our hands down each other's pants and had a bit of a rummage. <laughs> to which Tom responds, also in a whisper, "Did you rummage to fruition?" And then Greg, <laughs> in a totally normal voice, says, "Can I not say?" <laughs> <laughs> which makes it 
so much worse. <laughs> like the assumption is that you would rummage to fruition, and it's actually <laughs> it sucks worse if you have rummaged and you have not reached completion, Greg. <laughs> Rummage to fruition or not? I <laughs> they had a bit of a rummage. It's so great. One of those all-time Greg lines. <laughs> there's it's um, so good. There's another great part later in this episode where Colin's about to um kick Bridget out of the party, and uh, Greg says, "I'm fond of her, but we must each of us do as we see fit." <laughs> <laughs> And then he's about to, like, go down with her, and then he's like, I don't want to see what happens in Guantanamo, so you go, you do your ways, and God be willing. (laughs) Such a, like, beautiful, just, yeah, I'm done. It's over. (laughs) But it's another classic, like, Greg being the absolute worst person, and still, like, (laughs) feeling like Mm -hmm. he did the right thing. It's. It had the same exact tone as when he convinced himself it was moral to sue Greenpeace. Like exactly. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's like Colin's like, you want to tell her, and he like stops him with like touches his shoulder, and it's like, actually, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I prefer not to. Oh man, I love the scene where like Tom is making Greg tell him about his rummaging because it is. It's so stupid, but at the same time, there's such a bizarre energy between the two of them while they're having this conversation. Like, their faces are literally, like, half an inch apart from each other for this whole thing. It's just such a strange moment. It's, I, it's yeah, just, it looks that's like... That's what I'm here for. It looks like they're having a rummage as they're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it had panned down and they were just kind of, like, silently <laughs> cupping each other, you know? <laughs> Yeah, but it's like, if you think about what the Disgusting Brothers is, it's this, you know, social relationship formed around the idea that they're both, like, fucking around a lot and sort of have this have this camaraderie about what kind of sex they're having. Do we think Tom has fucked once since him and Shiv parted ways? Shiv says, uh, I hear you fuck models now. Tom sort of gives like a half measured response. I kind of think that that, that Tom maybe has it. I refuse to believe that he's fucked. I don't think he's capable of it at this point. Like it's hard to imagine the disgusting brothers as a dynamic is just this very <laughs> charged thing where they sort of they're the, the, it's like this connection to each other they don't see like like tom doesn't never seems to enjoy being around greg at least he never lets that on Mm -hmm. but they they grab a drink sometime (laughs) yeah well that's the thing is like they do like hanging out with each other like neither of them Mm -hmm. really admits it because you know greg was always trying to push tom off in like the first two seasons but they do hang out with each other all the time and they're the only friends either of them has they always like gravitate towards each other yeah you know because they're always like the odd ones out at the party or whatever um Mm -hmm. there is also like you know not to put on like the queer studies hat that i do every single time i'm on this podcast but like i don't know there's like a very weird dynamic as Tom is making Greg tell him about the sexual exploits that he's having, that like, yeah, kind of feels like 
a power dynamic thing where, you know, like he's like almost getting off on like Greg having to tell him this. Like, I don't know if you read it that way, but like there's just it's like he's kind of humiliating Greg in that moment. It's just very strange. Yeah. Um, and I think it you can tie it back to all the other times, especially early on in the show. Tom does seem to kind of get off on convincing Greg that he's in big trouble. Mm hmm. Yeah, like convincing Greg that he's in trouble and that he's like judging him for it. Exactly. And I guess sort of the ultimate version of that is convincing Greg that like they're both going to go to prison. And Tom, <laughs> I think, really does think he's going to go to prison. But I mm -hmm. don't know if there was ever really a reality where Greg was going to go no. to prison. <laughs> yeah, it's. I'm very curious to see what's going to happen with their relationship this season. Logan comes back in, in a storm, he, he he returns to his own party and says, okay, party's over, rival bid, let's go, and invites Tom, Jerry, Carl, and Frank, and then Greg just tags along. <laughs> <laughs> he, Greg, like, sneaks into the room almost, because he asks Tom, like, oh, should I come along? And Tom says, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's an interesting thing. I mean, this, this we'll talk about where this goes in a bit, but we talked last season about Tom sort of becoming inner circle and the fact that, that, you know, Tom is the first person he, he calls to join her. He says, Tom, Jerry, Carl, Frank. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he, he clearly has sort of joined that inner circle. And I want to talk about where Greg fits into that. Yeah. I think Tom helping Logan through his UTI really cemented his, his place. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. If they're good, they're good. Mm hmm. So the, the siblings arrive at uh, Casa Pierce. We see Naomi's new haircut. What do we think? Uh, she's slaying. She's got kind of a little bit of a mullet going on almost. I like yeah. it much better than the bitchy bob she had. She's also got some great wide leg trousers, I'll say. <laughs> Absolutely. She just has a very like, you know, beyond it all look. And and you, you have to picture that version of Pierce out on the town with Tom Wamsgate. <laughs> Oddest couple on the planet. <laughs> Tom having to, you know, supposedly having to tell someone in the media, like, oh, it's just social. It's, it's, it's just business. We're not, you know. I think, like, the headline for that would have been, like, a photo of Naomi Pierce. And it's like, Naomi stuns next to Chase Bank Teller, you know. Like <laughs> They they get into like the the sort of war room at the party. Uh, the inner circle does, and Frank hears that the kids are the rival bidders. Tom is is uh, uh, I think Jerry's like, how do they find out? And Tom's like, I don't know. Anyone could have told him. So guilty. So funny. And uh, they they have this great quibble about like who should tell Logan, <laughs> um, where, uh, where where Carl is like, well, I'm really focused on the gojo deal and and, <laughs> and jerry is like i didn't even hear anything so i won't i want <laughs> she like just walks away fully which is so good and uh, at the end of the day carl tells him and it's like it's like carl and greg both going for his attention and, and logan is obviously like carl what and um i uh so, so carl tells him that it's the kids and logan tells tom to call shiv which you know, I we we see this. It, it's rare that we see like the the inner circle kind of workings. Um, this sort of I feel like makes it clear that like and and he like when he sees Tom earlier, he's like, "Have you spoken to the rats?" Um, so I think like 
this makes it very clear that like what Logan wants from Tom is access to the kids. Yeah, which I think is why Logan kind of refuses to like really say anything one way or the other about the divorce because you know he knows that if Tom divorces Shiv, like he's using a huge leveraging chunk there. Um, and uh, Logan tells Tom to tell Shiv to get her own fucking idea, and then turns to Greg and is like, "And what do you have to tell me?" <laughs> and so this is the interesting part that i want to talk about is that you know logan you know logan pulls greg aside and they have this talk about what happened that we don't see Mm -hmm. we hear greg describe it later and how and how he he said he he thinks he's disgusting but he also kind of smiled um i was just talking about how for a lot of the first couple seasons of the show we never see logan and the team having their you know playing out their strategies we we start to see a little bit of it in season three but like that's sort of the thing that's hidden from us is what the inner circle is doing behind closed doors and the fact that this positive interaction between logan and greg sort of is like, like we're pulled away from it tells me that logan is is taking a shine to greg and this also i i think this this gets even more in the in the tell me a joke scene where logan like i i i mean the 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 direct i could just do the direct quotes here um greg says you're mean you're a mean old bastard and you scare the life out of folks that's your thing you're scaring me right now and that's why i don't even know what to do logan says who wants to smell greg's finger guess the scent win a buck Mm mm-hmm and then Greg says, where are your kids? Where are all your kids, Uncle Logan, on your big birthday? And Logan says, well, where's your old man, huh? Still sucking cock at the county fair? Oh, I love a Greg gay dad reference. Greg's dad. I hope, I, 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 I wish we, we could see, I, I hope we could see Greg's dad this season. <laughs> I want That'd be a great reveal. So bad. I want it more than anything in the world to meet Greg's gay dad. But it's like... In, in this tell me a joke scene, he quickly latches onto Greg as someone that he can still fuck around with. And mm-hmm. so I think as as he's still distant from the kids, I think we're going to see Logan, you know, taking a taking a shine to Greg. Yeah. And I mean, Greg even calls himself like an honorary kid at the start of the episode. And it's like kind of, you know, in the context, it's like Greg very much grasping at straws. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like, I do think he's kind of, like, the closest thing right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Greg, you know, come, comes to Tom after the, uh, after the, the, the talk with Logan and is like, uh, you know, he, he says the Bridget's a bit of a, and then Tom says a bit of a drug-addled cock monster. Of course, that results in Bridget getting kicked out of the party, which Greg, you know, protests, but does nothing to stop. <laughs> I think I think my favorite thing about this lie that Greg has made up is that the thing he says that Bridget smoked some wacky tobacco. Yeah, or worse. And that's why they hooked up. Yeah. <laughs> well that's the thing, is like the or worse is there, but his go-to was like, yeah, marijuana makes you want to jack someone off in a closet, right? That's what that typically does. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. The kids and Nan, we have more of this great Nan Pierce talk of like you know it's too late and then he's like would you like some wine <laughs> like like just mm-hmm. 
classic stuff there. She's like, trying to send them home with bottles of wine, mm-hmm. you know, that she doesn't drink because apparently she only drinks like supermarket wine. Yeah. And then she like keeps talking about it. Um, she asks the kids about their ties to ATN, mentions Shiv being married to Tom, and Shiv immediately is like, well, I'm getting a divorce, so. It cuts to Kendall right when she says that, and he gives her, like, just like a, aww. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, that comes up later, but it, it it's wild, like, you know, she's not interested in having any kind of conversation about it like it's it's kind of what she wanted the whole time like from their wedding night so well it's like it's you know to some extent but also like she's just so unwilling to admit failure that she's incapable of actually having the conversation you know like divorce is a failure in one way but it's a failure where like you know she's like well you can't fire me i quit Mm -hmm. basically yeah and i also think like we, I mean, we see in this in this really emotional scene, one of the most emotional in the show. I think uh, we we see the feelings that are still there between Tom and Shiv, and I definitely think that Shiv, you know, pushing Tom away is 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 part of her like not wanting to admit that like sh- she does love Tom on a certain level. Yeah, a hundred percent. Nan wants to talk to Logan again after that, and Logan's like, "What else say?" Um, you know, everything's in turmoil here. We get to the we get to the joke part, and Frank's attempt at a joke is the thing about Logan Roy is he's a tough old nut. It's pretty good. It, I mean, yeah, it was pretty good. <laughs> it's true. Um, Nan wants a price tonight. Logan doesn't know what to do. The kids are planning on going in with eight billion dollars. We get uh, this is. What was said on Twitter is that you sort of boil down the show to its bare essentials by just having everyone like say numbers to each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> say numbers and trade the same couple billion back and forth. Yeah, the kids are saying eight. Logan says start at six, but like we're kidding around. And then <laughs> and then Tom is like, seven is what we saw f- floated. And Logan says, six. Find something we've lost conviction on just to let her know that we're not Terry fucking turnip truck over here. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not a reference to anything. <laughs> just such a beautiful little successionism, you know? Yeah. Tom gives her six, just as Shiv gives her eight. And Nan says, this is disgusting, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> full of shit she is <laughs> yeah she tries to uh squeeze the kids get them to go a little higher tom calls shiv again at logan's behest um they try to they they're sort of talking like like you know tom has his classic like talking with not without really saying anything thing and they're trying to like g- get each other to say their ceiling and then shiv just like our ceiling is 12 and tom's like fuck you <laughs> um and then we get another instance of of um ken and shiv sort of inadvertently bullying uh roman where shiv suggests 9.5 presuming that logan's gonna say nine and then ken's like let's just go straight to 10 and end the conversation and roman is like it's 500 million (laughs) dollars just to end the conversation i he like starts you know really doing the math on how much a billion is and how much a million is too and i saw some tweet I forget if it was a tweet or a Tumblr post, but I saw some post going around that was like, look, he like really did take a lot away from that business training course. <laughs> and I'm like, he's literally just 
saying how much a number is. Like, I don't think they taught him that in business school, but it is, he's very upset by what the siblings say, which is interesting. It, it, it's another case of like, Roman is, is of a different mind on it, but like when the two of them are united, he kind of can't say no. He like keeps trying because they have their business advisor, whatever his name is, on the phone. Yeah, Talus. Talus. God, what a stupid name. <laughs> yeah. Um, maybe that's like a real British name, and I'm very sorry to anyone who's listening who's named Talus. Um, but I kept expecting like I think Roman also kept expecting Talus to be like, no, that's stupid. You know, but mm-hmm. he's like, oh no, that might actually be really smart. Yeah, because because Talus um, is just like, you know, he's 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 like reading a yacht catalog. He's, he's got do- cartoon dollar signs in his eyes right now. Exactly. Like. Naomi gives Tom the news. Tom gives Logan the news that they received a conversation-ending offer. Ten. Ten. <laughs> I, I'm actually kind of curious, because I, I brought this up to the people I was watching it with, is like, you know, Pierce is supposed to be basically the kind of like NPR, MSNBC stand-in, you know, some conglomeration of those two. Mm-hmm. Is ten billion actually a lot of money for like a major news site, like a news empire? Essentially, there's there's conversations that we hear throughout this negotiation of like mostly Roman being like Pierce is a dinosaur. They have all these newspapers and shit. Like I think both Pierce and Waystar are supposed to be like legacy media that's like a little bit out out of step with the times. Mm-hmm. And probably Pierce even more so if Logan wants to like buy it just to add it to ATN. But um, yeah, so I think I, I I think Pierce is like not in great standing, and I do think ten billion is a is a hefty acquisition. I mean, you know, um, I'm trying to think of like examples of I I, I feel like Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard, which is the game company, for seventy billion last year. Right. You know, and that's video games and that's like, you know, a different field. But like Activision Blizzard is a very new company and a relatively small company in the scheme of things. True. Um, but 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 video games are like crazy money. Yeah. The New York yeah, Times is yeah. worth six billion. That feels crazy to me. <laughs> I, I I guess like maybe I just don't have a grasp on numbers because that does not like on the one hand, you know, I can't visualize how much room it would take to hold the cash of six billion dollars but also like i don't know that it just it just felt it felt too small to me i was like that can't be how money works jeff bezos paid 250 million for the washington post oh my god not okay yeah so so yeah then uh logan sends a message to the kids via phone as they're leaving congratulations on saying the biggest number you fucking morons which is seemingly like the first time he's talked to them, basically, since this whole thing went down. Yeah, and, and uh, a great cap to a scene where they are indeed just saying the biggest number. Yeah, and I mean, we see in that earlier interaction with Carrie, I think, an idea of like, because that's like, before they know really that the, that the kids are, are the, the other bidder, it seems like the, there's been attempts from Carrie probably probably just from Carrie to like try and get them to talk to each other in some form uh but it it seems like you know the kids wouldn't do it unless Logan like reached out and Logan would never do that even though he's so miserable yeah 
you know, like he can't, he wants the kids at his birthday so bad and he cannot bring himself to say it. So Shiv returns home. Mm-hmm. Tom is there. I, I want to point out, because we didn't talk about this when we were talking about Tom calling Shiv, mm-hmm. but he was not wearing his wedding ring in that scene. Mm. And he is in this scene. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? And like, it's sort of treated as, it's interesting, it's treated as a chance encounter. And Tom's like, I thought you already took all your favorites. And she's like, I don't want to just have my favorites. But Tom knew that Shiv was going to be in town that night. Yeah. And it's unclear why she would be in town if not to come get her stuff. Like, she doesn't seem to be going anywhere else. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, it kind of raises the question, you know, like, with the ring thing, like, is this something where he doesn't wear it in public, but he wants to wear it in private? Or is this something where he's not wearing it, but because he knew that Shiv would be in New York, he put it back on? Yeah, that's what I think about. And I definitely, I think Tom is is obviously pretty beat up about this relationship. I think, you know, it, it, it 100% tracks for Tom to, like, still want to, like, cling to it. But I think there's there's that ambiguity there with the whole, you know, he's supposedly fucking models and the disgusting brothers mm-hmm. where like he could also he could fit into the narrative sort of consciously of, you know, I, I, I don't really wear my wed- wedding ring, but I don't want you to know that. But really, um, you know, he he probably does still place some value in it. I feel like I feel like my read on the scene was I think Tom is beaten up about it, but I think he's much less beaten up than Shiv is, and I think he's aware of that. Mm-hmm. Like the way he kind of talks to her, you know, because we've talked before about how Shiv is always trying to be the most confident person in the room, but is so barely holding on, you know, especially like in business conversations. And you could really feel that unsteadiness from her in this moment. Whereas, like, it felt like Tom was almost kind of poking at her. Yeah. You know, and kind of trying to, like, leverage some power. Like, especially, oh, my God, he says this line to her that's like, um, I could try to make love to you yeah. if that would help. Which is so dismissive. He says, he says, I, hilarious. he says, I can see if I can make love to you. <laughs> if i can make love to you (laughs) oh my god and then like she asks him like do you want to and he just goes "Eh," you know and lets out such a pathetic shrug yeah (laughs) you know tom feels pretty somewhat rightly that 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 shiv has you know hurt him at every turn and i think part of why he like takes the dive at the end of season three is because he realizes there's nothing left there with Shiv. And, and Shiv's position, she, like, like Shiv feels, it is still of two minds about it, where like she also feels hurt by Tom, but definitely, you know, still loves him and part of her still wants to make it work. It's sort of the same thing with the hundred where like she you know, wants to she she wants to keep her options open, even though she's like totally invested in it. But like at the end of the day, what would really come out is like if something better came along. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a good way of putting it. Um and 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 Tom is kind of like, uh, you don't want to talk about it. And Shiv is like, I I don't think talking about it would help in a in a in a pretty blunt way. And they share uh 
a moment of tenderness in spite of it all. Yeah, it it is very sweet. They're like kind of perpendicular to each other on the bed almost, like holding hands. Um it's also like a really nice shot. It's kind of like at a slightly strange angle where the camera's not entirely parallel to the bed. It's like almost kind of I don't even know how to describe it. Um but it's like a it's a more interesting shot than a lot of the stuff in this episode. You know, I think most of it's pretty standard. Yeah, I think there are some interesting... Um, some of the shots of Tom on the phone are interesting. There's a shot of mm. the siblings, like, walking into the room where where Nan is, where it, like, you know, is sort of, like, pulling back and zooming at the same time. There's, like, a couple mm. interesting little things in this episode, but it is mostly, like, pretty sturdy in a way that might be interesting to talk about. I think this episode is a lot more still mm-hmm. than Succession has a tendency to be, you know, like when I think of Succession, I think of all the wild camera swings and the zooms and stuff. And I, there is a fair amount of that, but I was not conscious of it in the way that I can be with Succession. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but. Yeah, I basically do. I think there, um, you know, those like. The, those moments usually are usually about like panic and 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 fear and uncertainty and it feels like there's the the, the bidding war is a really fun thing but it is like mm-hmm. not as like you know the, the 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 prize of waystar is not even in the conversation in this episode it's like there are very relatively few scenes relatively few locations it, like Mm-hmm. It is sort of a, a low stakes episode in a way where the kids feel pretty confident and Logan up to the end feels pretty confident. Yeah. It, it's also so, you know, now that you've said this, I think we talked about this with season three where like so much of the premieres tend to be like traveling and like the Roy family being in motion in some way. And like there's really three rooms that the majority of this episode takes place in you know it's like wherever the roys are in like the siblings are in la and logan's birthday party and the pierce home and like you know there's snapshots in the park and like snapshots in shiv and tom's apartment but like for the most part it's very much just in one place you know yeah i mean really there's like six or seven places in the whole episode yeah we get our final shot of the episode where Logan, after the party, is sitting in his chair, watching TV, classic old man style, watching ATN late at night, and he gives Sid a call and starts uh, <laughs> lambasting her about the state of the network. Mm-hmm. I, I think what that telegraphs is that, like, obviously, Logan throughout this episode has been kind of lost and thinking about, like, what he has left, and I think especially after losing pierce so suddenly he's like atn is what i have and i need to like whip it into shape yeah it really feels like he's trying to exert control you know as a way to kind of make himself feel better like there's so little that he actually has control over anymore Mm -hmm. i mean i guess that's not true but like he doesn't really get to like kind of test his strength as much. You know, he's giving away his company. He doesn't have his kids as a punching bag and he's just fucked up so bad with this deal. Yeah. And like you, you can go back to the party and see how it's a lot of like 
you know, busybodies, a lot of like yes men who like he he can't even like pretend to be be interested. They're they're the monsters to him, and so like mm-hmm. he like he he really has very little and i think those things that he can cling to of course there's a tie between atn and tom and then also greg um and i think he's going to be really you know i mean we 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 basically know that in the next episode he's going to be like on the floor at atn so i i think he's really going to be mm-hmm. showing his teeth uh with those things while maybe eventually trying to um drive a wedge between the kids yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting where the season goes. I feel like, you know, like I feel like with season three, like I remember us recording the episode and like really throwing out all these like hypotheses, like oh maybe this will happen and this will happen, and I like don't really have that feeling with this episode. I'm like fuck, who knows? Like anything could happen. Yeah, I I feel like we could speculate, but like. They they sort of lay out a roadmap in a way that they usually don't, where it's like, I mean, you know, the 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 rug pull could be that Pierce actually doesn't matter past this episode, um, but there's but we know Connor's well, we know the the Gojo deal is in two days. We know Connor's wedding is like this week. <laughs> we know that the election is in ten days, mm-hmm. like. They're 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 laying out the goalposts in a way that they often don't. Yeah, I, I'm so curious how long the time frame of this season will be. Mm-hmm. You know, like how quickly is the election going to happen? Is it going to happen in the next two episodes? Are we thinking, you know, <laughs> will it be like, oh, it's ten days away, so one episode per season or one episode is one day? You know, like what's what do we? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know because I, I think if I'm correct, the last season was on like a pretty short time frame. Like a lot of episodes just like led directly into the next one, and this, the end of this episode. You know, I mean, if 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 the next episode is these clips we see of Logan like on the floor at ATN, that could be the next day. Yeah, that actually could be. I'm trying to think how much time season three. I think season three might have been like two months, which I guess would have been like maybe a week between episodes. Yeah, I feel like there were multiple times that season, though, where like the next episode was very immediately following the previous one. Yeah, for sure. But then there was also things where it's like, you know, oh, Shiv, you haven't been to work in like two weeks or whatever. But I do not have a good enough memory of what that shape looked like. It'll be interesting to see what the time frame is. It could really be everything leads directly into the next thing. And if this is like a week and a half where there's going to be the Gojo deal and the election and Connor's wedding, like, do you need more than that? Or is that all going to be kind of coinciding in like one or two episodes? <laughs> and then like whatever happens after yeah. is the fallout of it. There's a lot of ways it could go. There are a lot of ways it could go. And I'm excited to see where it goes. The thing that I thought of that um, was kind of not that we didn't see in this episode, uh, going back to the previous episode, is Tom's the the deal with the devil scene with Tom and Greg. Mm-hmm. But maybe the best scene in the whole show. <laughs> but um, I love that scene. But what what Tom promises to Greg in that scene is to take him out of the middle and to the bottom of the top 
Yeah. Which is kind of where he, he seems to almost be at this point. So we've yet to see like where Greg's position is. If he's like gotten a formal position, Tom promises that he'll give Greg 20 Greg's of his own. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see like where Greg is and what Greg's responsibilities are and how that affects his relationship with Tom and his relationship with Logan. Yeah, I'm I'm so curious because I almost expected, you know, so much of season three was like Greg kind of moving up and Tom being really insecure about that fact and partly being really insecure about the fact that like, you know, he's lost his little support buddy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious if that is going to continue to be a thing, even though Tom is like the one who's mediating this rise or if this is going to bring them closer together. Cause in the like preview, you know, it looked like they were in pretty close communication about Logan and obviously, you know, the disgusting brothers are hanging out a lot outside of work. They're getting a drink sometimes. They're getting a drink sometimes. <laughs> I, I just want, I just want one episode, <laughs> one episode where no one else is in it. It's just Tom and Greg's beautiful night out. <laughs> I want, you know, I want to watch the hijinks they get up to. I just want one night. One magical like, I, night. I don't know if you watched, there was like a, you know, they did that on Bojack sometimes where it'd just be like, ah, fuck Bojack's, you know, underwater or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I want. I want the, I want an episode called The Disgusting Brothers. Yeah. The, I mean, we don't know how things are going to go for, for Tom at the end of the day. Uh, or with Tom and Greg, we were talking about like where their relationship could go because definitely at the end of the last season, we were like, it 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 feels like, you know, Tom's relationship with Greg could be the thing that sort of that 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 Logan abhors, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'll say yeah. this: after Nero committed suicide, <laughs> Sporus was taken in by like. A prefect who betrayed Nero. Shiv gonna take in to- uh, Greg. Uh, I don't know. Is Logan gonna take in Greg. Oh God. I don't know. It's so fucked up that they handed us such a direct metaphor to read like everything in this show through. Yeah. <laughs> I, I there's a part of me, and I like almost don't want to speak this out loud. Where literally since like season one of Succession, I've had this thought, you know, when I watched like season one back in like 2019 or whenever, I was like, God, fuck, I hope Greg is not the brand of this show. Mm. Like, I'll be so fucking mad if another boy king ends up on the throne. I can't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely nothing that has happened up to this point makes that less likely. That's the thing. (laughs) It's like a full possibility. Like, yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I, you know, I don't think Logan would give it to Greg, but it's entirely possible that, like, at the last moment, Logan has just finished off Tom, <laughs> and then, mm-hmm. and then, you know, Logan dies somewhat suddenly, and Greg is the only one there to like to like pick up the mm-hmm. slack. There's a world where that happens for sure. Yeah, I I kind of imagine, like, you know, in my head, like, Greg Greg just is just starring in his own version of how to succeed in business without really trying. Yeah. And I think, like, just happenstance keeps putting him in positions. Um, I wonder if this season we could see, like, because I think, you know, 
the, there's the the cycle of the seasons is like you know a kid is on top and then they have this sort of long fall from grace um Mm-hmm. And it seems like they're telegraphing that. I mean, they're telegraphing that it could be Tom seeing that. But I wonder if this season could be like Greg gets put in some position and feels like maybe Logan has like really, you know, connected to him. And then we, if we see Greg's fall in this season, I would love that. I want. Here's all I want. Want Greg back in that shitty Toyota Camry smoking the shittiest Canadian weed and throwing up out of a mascot's eyes? Yeah. That is like the best Greg has ever been to me. And you know what? I want Tom right there with him. I want Tom in the turkey mascot costume. I just, I want everyone to do worse. These are my wishes. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like the season is really wide open for me. Um, there, like like we said, things that we know are going to happen, uh, whether that's like the whole season or in the next couple episodes, we don't know. But like, what happens with like the dynamics of the characters, who's in power, who's out of power, the question of succession, the like the succession, you know, feels feels more without an answer than it ever has. But yeah it's an it's an interesting thing you know like where it's all gonna go like like we're talking about logan could die and leave it all to like like actually choose one of the kids and then Mm -hmm. the season could be sort of the fallout of like you know i think i think any of the kids would still take it but the 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 fallout from that would be a, a very interesting place for the season to go i don't know It'd be such a Logan thing to purposely leave it to one of the kids knowing they'll fight over it still. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Sam, thank you so much for joining me for another riveting succession recap. Of course. Thank you for having me as always. This, I, I think this was a really nice conversation. This will be a really good season, really good episode, really funny episode. It had like a higher joke per minute rate i think than any other episode of of the show up to this point yeah i think definitely we haven't had this many jokes per minute since like the first season yeah maybe the yacht episode the yacht episode had a lot of yacht episode had some good ones i guess ken's birthday had some (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about ken's birthday had some bangers little wu-tang is my favorite (laughs) one-off line from that episode (laughs) to those of you who have been listening thank you for joining us uh if you like the show you can uh rate or or review or subscribe or follow or whatever it is wherever you're listening to it it's up on all the different platforms you can also share it with your friends it's one of the best things you can do let people know you like the show um i i'll I'll let slip now that we were going to do a, a, a riverdale recap as well that that didn't really work out and you know i feel like you i feel like you guys don't expect two episodes from me anyway so like whatever i'll share my thoughts on yeah. substack or something um I'll, I'll share it on the hundred where i'm the riverdale yeah. <laughs> the riverdale you're the premier riverdale blogger on the hundred <laughs> yeah um so the next one's going to be on the pitch perfect movies
disagree, Gary. Disagree, Gary.